This is a Scream Queen production. I'm Jen Carpenter, and this is So Dead Podcast. Happy Taco Tuesday, Deadheads! It's time for another taco break. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite creepy things, death in the Victorian era. The Victorian era was the period of time that Queen Victoria ruled England, hence the name, and lasted 63 years, from 1837 to 1901. This was during a time in which it was common for families to have, you know, a dozen or so children, because inevitably at least half of them would be dead before their 10th birthdays. Death was a part of everyday life back then, which led to some morbid-as-fuck customs and practices. It didn't help that when Queen Victoria's husband died in 1863, leaving her alone with nine children, thank God for royal nannies, am I right? She fell into a deep depression, embraced morbidity, and wore black every day for the rest of her life. Many of her own subjects and Americans alike followed suit. So let's talk about some of those morbid customs that came about during that time frame, shall we? Probably my favorite is Victorian morning photos. Back in the 1800s, getting photos taken was expensive and time-consuming, and as a result, it was pretty uncommon among the peasants. Until someone in the family died, and then reality set in that once they were buried, nobody would ever see their face again. The solution? Post-mortem photography. The family would hire a photographer to come into the home and take a photo of the deceased, often propped up in an unnaturally natural pose and surrounded by their grieving families. You can pick the deceased out in these photos by their odd posture, closed eyes, or worse, by the creepy painted-on eyes over their closed eyelids. It makes me think of Game of Thrones when they put the rocks, those painted rocks on the eyelids. So weird. Anyway, I'll post a few examples of Victorian morning photos on the SoDead website, so be sure to look for those. Another odd practice was Victorian hair art. After the post-mortem photos, but before the burial, it wasn't unusual for a lock of hair or two or three to be removed from the deceased and used to create a memento, a piece of jewelry, a framed piece of art. Um, probably the creepiest hair art I've seen is a hair wreath. Because you know that that took more than just a lack of hair to make an entire wreath. Some of these wreaths I've seen, they would have had to have shaved the person bald. Like, why? I mean, I guess that the deceased don't need the hair anymore, but still, why? Is this creepy enough for you guys yet? Not yet? Getting there? Let's talk about morning dolls. When babies or young children would die their parents would often have life-sized wax dolls made to memorialize them. Life-sized wax dolls. The doll would then be dressed in the child's actual clothes, and often the child's real hair would be used as the doll's hair. That's assuming there was any hair left after making the hair wreath, of course. The doll's cloth body was then filled with sand to give it a lifelike weight and feel. Usually, the dolls would be left at the child's grave site, but just like pause. Do you remember where I said that these dolls were made of wax? So if you lived in somewhere where it got hot during the summer, wouldn't those wax dolls like 
melt in the heat? Could you even imagine walking into a cemetery and seeing a bunch of mourning dolls with melted wax faces? Like, why? Why? Anyway, um, sometimes, though, the families would keep the dolls at home in a small coffin, or worse, in the deceased child's bed or crib. I don't know if that's creepier than the melted wax faces, but who knows? Who knows? In the 1800s, barring some unexpected catastrophe, most people died at home. When someone was sick and dying, the doctor came to them, not the other way around. After death, the body would remain in the home until the burial. Funeral homes didn't really catch on as a thing until like the late 1800s. Um, So during the time that the body was still in the home, specific steps were taken to help ensure proper passage of the dead and to protect the living from becoming possessed. First, all of the clocks in the house were stopped at the time of death to honor the moment the soul left the body. Which, I mean, we've all seen that in old creepy movies, right? Where the person dies and the clock is tick, tick, ticking and someone walks over and stops the clock. So I guess that one's not too weird. It's a little, little sad, but not too weird. Then all of the mirrors in the house would be covered in black cloth to help prevent the deceased spirit from becoming trapped. Nobody wants a haunted mirror, am I right? Also, I know that a lot of you guys are not from Michigan, so you're probably laughing at the way that I say mirror. Mirror. How am I supposed to say it? Mirror. I know Michiganders get made fun of for saying mirror, so that can't be right, but that's how I say it. Anyway, another thing is that visitors to the home would wear black ribbons to prevent death from being spread outside the house, and this included animals. The article that I read specifically mentioned dogs and chickens. So what I would really like to know is who was bringing chickens to mourn dead bodies. Like, was that a common thing? I need to know. Do you just, you know, pet chicken to the morning, pet chicken to the funeral? This, I don't know. Seems weird. Seems weird. When the body was removed from the home for burial... It was always done feet first. That way the deceased couldn't see the house as they were carried away and wouldn't be able to return to haunt it as a spirit. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, Then came the burial. The burial was the public display of grief. And in the Victorian area, it was important to keep up appearances. The bigger the spectacle, the better. And nothing determined the worth of a life better than the number of mourners at the burial. Am I right? Uh, So as a result of this belief, professional mourners were brought in. You could hire a crowd for your loved one's funeral. Referred to as mutes, these strangers would attend burials and funeral processions looking especially forlorn, simply to boost the numbers. And actually, that is still a thing today. So keep that in mind when you do your estate planning. Following the ceremony at the burial site, the deceased was lowered into the ground in a coffin. If they were lucky, in a safety coffin. Safety coffins were developed out of the fear of being buried alive, which horrifyingly happened a lot back in the Victorian days and before. Medical professionals in the 1800s didn't have the tools that we have today to determine a person's vitality or lack thereof. A safety coffin generally involved some sort of mechanism for a not-quite-deceased person to notify the above-ground world that they found themselves buried alive. 
A common practice was to attach a cord to the hand of the deceased on one end and a bell above ground. So if a dead body woke up, they could pull the cord and the bell would ring. This wasn't a foolproof plan, of course. For one thing, what if nobody was around to hear the bell ring? Did they hire people to sit in the cemeteries and wait for those bells to ring? And what about wind? Wouldn't all the bells ring on a windy night? How would you know the difference? Like, is the whole cemetery coming back to life, or was there just a gust that came through? Um, Also, bodies bloat and decompose, which would often cause the hand attached to the string to move, right? And could false positive, and then you're digging up all these dead bodies? I wonder how many graves were dug up due to false alarms. I guess, though, I mean, if this practice saved even one person, it was worth it. Also worth noting, this is where the term saved by the bell comes from. Variations on the bell mechanism included flags and pyrotechnics, which could you even imagine just seeing fireworks going off in a cemetery in the middle of the night? Oh, grandma woke up. Let's go get her. I don't know. That's just funny to me to think about. Anyway, those are just a few of the really weird ways that death was handled during the Victorian era. I mean, to me it's weird, and to you it's weird. But can you imagine what they would think of the things we do today? We can donate our organs to save other people's lives, or we can be cremated and have our ashes shot into space or turned into jewelry. Bodies can be donated to body farms where human decomposition is studied or planted in biodegradable tree pods. I kind of want to be a tree, I think. But I think I've told you guys this before. Like, there's nothing better than the thought of being a haunted tree for all of eternity. What about you guys? What are your plans for the afterlife? Jewelry? Haunted tree? Viking burial at sea? Find the post for this episode on your favorite social media outlet and let me know. You can find So Dead on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube under So Dead Podcast. My sources for this taco break were an article on Ranker.com by Lisa Waugh titled 22 Morbid Death and Mourning Customs from the Victorian Area. I can't say it. Victorian Era. You guys have no idea how many times during this episode I'm going to be editing out the word area because I keep saying that instead of era, but trust me, it's happened a lot. Um, And then, of course, Wikipedia. One more quick thing. Uh, Those of you local to the Lansing area are probably familiar, but we have a newspaper here, an independent newspaper called The City Pulse, and they, in conjunction with one of the local news stations, do a contest every year called The Top of the Town. And it is just a really cool way to nominate local businesses and personalities and artists for all kinds of different, weird, um, kind of -of out-of-the-box awards. And I just wanted to bring your attention to a few of them in a very awkward way because I'm very uncomfortable with self-promotion. But Demented Mitten Tours is nominated in a couple categories under Best Hangouts, Uh, were nominated for Best Haunted Attraction. And then under Best Outdoor, I'm sorry, under Best Whatever, we are nominated for Best um, Outdoor Adventure as well. So those of you local, just takes a little while. There are a ton of categories. You don't have to vote in all of them, but they're really fun. Um, 
there's there's all kinds of there's one that's you know best local office pet uh there's just there's great categories so it's a lot of fun to do um also under best whatever there is a a write-in category right now and so if so dead's your favorite you might just want to consider it I'm not asking. I'm just mentioning. Um, yeah, so top of the town, citypulse.com. Um, if you have a few minutes, get some votes in there. Vote for your favorite artists, personalities, restaurants, donuts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's it. So a new full-length episode of So Dead will be out next week. Until then, keep shining, you magnificent what-the-fucks. Mm-hmm.